If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And g'day, g'day. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Before I even begin, a massive thank you to Chris Smith. It's a it's a great privilege. He's one of his radio royalty here in Australia. And we've got him. We've got Alan Jones on his program. We've got some other terrific people. Jim Ball. If you were the king of radio or an up-and-coming king, you're going to be heard here and seen now at TNT Radio. So thanks for joining us. And I've got a, a what would you say, a, not a question, I've got a favour to ask each and every one of you. I couldn't believe when I came back, I had a whole bunch of people asking me if I was coming back to radio, either here or the place I used to work. And I, I said, well, I've been on air at TNT Radio. And there were literally a couple of hundred people who had no idea. And the reason is because you get onto Facebook and other you know, social media. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, by the way. And they are absolutely shadow banning any kind of shares of any kind of conservative or truth media, as I like to call it, truth media. Uh, so it's up to you. You have to get out there and you've got to spread the word. You've got to manually pick up the phone, ring your friend and say, hey, you can get the truth on or Dean is on or Chris Smith or Katie Hopkins, you know, whoever. You know, all of us would love it if you would get on there and do that. We have to do it manually. The media is not going to do it. In fact, they are working overtime to prevent that from happening. So the only way you keep the truth, and you've got it right here, is to spread the word. And the bigger we get, the longer we're going to be here. And uh, that's absolutely something that we'd love for you to do. Now, I've got some terrific guests. It's a bit of a mate fest, if I will, this afternoon. I'm very much enjoying the fact that... Um, this afternoon, I'm going to be talking to people who I consider to be personal friends. Now, of course, uh, we will, will shortly, hopefully, be getting Gemma. Uh, Simeon Boykov, the Aussie Cossack, will be joining us, of course, and Craig Kelly, national um, UAP national director, former Liberal MP, will be joining us as well. And, of course, our very own Jeremy Beck, who I have missed dearly, will be joining us in the last quarter of the hour. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to cover this afternoon. Fantastic to see a ceasefire over in Gaza at the moment. it's um It really does tell you a lot about Vladimir Putin. Have a look at what's happening in the Ukraine. There are much, much more uh, weapons that are being deployed over in the Ukraine, yet we hear very, very few reports of innocent people or children from either side they are both sides, the Ukraine and Russia, going out of their way to avoid women and children. There's Hamas going and attacking a bunch of kids at a festival. Absolutely dreadful. And likewise with Israel going and bombing schools and universities during school and during university hours. If you think Hamas is there, Israel, bomb all the schools you like, bomb all the universities you like, but do it at night. Do it at night. because, And I would guarantee these creeps in Hamas they're in the tunnels. They're in the tunnels. They're, they're probably not in the schools. And if they are, they're using it for cover. And I would invite you to do that. And the reason I bring that up is just to give Vladimir Putin a massive hands up because he's going so far out of his way to have so few, uh, you know, civilian casualties that um, it's just brilliant what he's doing. I think it's absolutely brilliant what he's doing. And um, it's just one of those things. Sorry, I'm just trying to get some information from the studio. Okay, that's fine. I don't think we'll be able to get Gemma this hour, so I'll rant and rave on. And I, I think many of you enjoy it. I enjoy ranting and raving, and I've got a lot to talk about. Brittany Higgins is one of those people. And okay, 
Bruce Lerman, he actually said, I, I had a bit of a lie. It was a very minor lie, but that when it comes to claims of being raped, I'd like to um, think that there were no lies there at all. It was all basic truth. And already a couple of those things are, are coming to light. Uh, and uh, Lerman's barrister has done a terrific job getting some of this information out there, if, if I'm honest. Now, she was found to be naked um, and admitted later on and said oh, it was because I was embarrassed I wasn't wearing any underwear. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going out to uh, a do, and I'm not a female, so, so I, I always wear underwear. Too much information, I do understand, yes. Um, but simple fact is um, I don't know that many females who don't wear underwear. Not that they would probably disclose that to me, but I assume that is the case. And certainly if I was an up-and-coming, you know, political individual, I would absolutely not go to a night out with a bunch of fellow politicians and uh, go bareback as it were. Um, I think that's absolutely horrific. Uh, that's just one of the lies, a couple of the other lies uh, that have come out, you know, and, and let's, before we even get to that, let's have a look at, you know, when she was found naked by a male staffer, you know, there, the first question was, were you raped? So if I'm found dressed inappropriately in a place where it is even more inappropriate than most, and I've already been given a cover story or a way out, well, if I say yes to this, it's going to look a little bit better for me because it's very hard to, uh, to uh, you know, kind of say, well, yeah, here I am naked in a, in a room in Parliament House. Um, I'm probably going to go with the option that was given to me. But these lies are coming out. And again, this poor Bruce Lohman, he's been dragged over the coals. There is very little proof. In fact, there is none that that actually happened in his career. I don't care whether, you know, he, I know there's no charges. I know he's not going to jail. I know all of that. The simple fact is there are people who will always question the validity of those claims and, of course, of your claims of innocence. And there are those who, no matter how convincing the evidence, shall always believe you to be guilty. And I just think that is horrific. And that's why when it comes to claims of things like rape, and it usually comes down to he said, she said, especially where there may have been actual consensual intercourse. I just think it's absolutely horrific that somebody's life can be ripped apart, torn apart, destroyed forever. And uh, that's apart from possible long-term incarceration just based on the say-so of somebody else. I think it is horrific. And, of course, it's illegal to go and set up a camera in the corner just to prove that it was consensual. So you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Somebody said, you know, maybe you should get a contract signed before you initiate those type of uh, proceedings. But, again, what's to stop that person saying, well, I did sign that and I did agree, and shortly thereafter, shortly thereafter, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. So I don't know. When it comes to this whole fiasco and, of course, the expedience with her remuneration, compensation, that in itself is a whole conversation in itself that we'll have another day. And uh, let's not get me started on poor Bruce Lohman, who, again, I think he deserves a whole bunch more com compensation. And I hope those media organisations and individuals who went and did the wrong thing by you, Bruce, I really hope they are held to account and, of course, some of them are now countersuing the organisations that they work for, saying that if we lose the money and my legal fees, you should have to pick up the bill for that because I went overboard and I used your platform to express my own uh, will, my own views. And I don't think uh, if you don't have any proof, you can't do it. But I can certainly say there is no proof either way, and it comes down to what you believe or what you don't believe. And I'll just say quickly one thing, and I'll use an example of somebody who I intensely dislike. 
that is Mike Tyson. I hate Mike Tyson. I don't like him a little bit. There, he had some historic claims of rape and he went to jail for it. And to be honest, and I, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I will say, and I can say, because it's my opinion and it's only my opinion that I don't believe that. And here I am defending somebody who I hate, all because I read a lot more information into it. And where there is monetary, monetary compensation, where you can sue for millions of dollars and get millions of dollars to de A, destroy somebody's life and also get a payday for yourself. I just think there should be, I mean, it has to be absolutely beyond any doubt whether you were a rapist or not. You may agree, you may disagree, but that is, of course, your prerogative. And I certainly do appreciate you doing that. Uh, we got a, uh, oh, we're going to talk to Simeon a bit early because um, we couldn't get a hold of Gemma, some technical difficulties, if you will. But don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. In fact, it's available right now to download. And we're keeping you up to speed right here at TNT Radio. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Gemma Cooper is temporarily unavailable. I am assured she will be back with Lembert Opic on the other side of the hour. So I'm going to go straight to my mate and your mate, uh, champion of Australia, a hero of the truth, uh, the Aussie Cossack, Simeon Boykov. I think we've got him on the line. We do. G'day, Simeon. How are you going? Uh, excellent, Dean. Thank you very much. How are you? Mate, I'm always doing well. I can look you in the eye now when I talk to you because I've got a, a screen set up behind the camera. But, mate, uh, just so much to talk about today. Thank you for coming on the program early. We appreciate it very much. Mate, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Plenty happening in the world and plenty to uh, report. Uh, one thing which uh, I'd like to bring to the attention of our viewers today is the approval from the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus to charge uh, a businessman to charge a uh, Australian man with reckless foreign interference charges. Now, this case has been uh, on my radar for quite a while now. Uh, it involves uh, allegations against a man called Alexander Sergo. Alexander Sergo charged with uh, reckless foreign influence, but his lawyer, Bernard Collery, uh, has been pushing the Attorney General to step in, and the Attorney General has now today stepped in finally after uh, almost uh, four four months, and he's approved these charges. That's the first time, first time that someone in Australia has been charged with his foreign uh, interference or foreign influence laws. Uh, you may think, what has he done? What does that you know? That sounds very serious. Foreign interference, foreign influence. Uh, well. The allegation is that uh, this man allegedly received some cash in envelopes from suspected uh, Chinese spies. Uh, the Australian intelligence agencies claimed that they had been monitoring uh, these interactions the whole time. And the man was arrested in uh, Bondi back in uh, back in April, on the 30th of April, uh, or there, thereabouts in April, in the second half of April, and charged with uh, one kind of foreign influence. But since then, his lawyers have been tirelessly working to try to get him uh, bail or get him out of these charges. Now, what's interesting is the Australian intelligence uh, agencies report that he was meeting with uh, Chinese spies, two Chinese spies by the name of Ken and Evelyn. 
and he was collecting information for them. Uh, we're, we're supposed to believe that uh, this man has been arrested, but the Chinese spies known as Ken and Evelyn are out at large, out and about in the community. I don't know how they can justify that. That means there are apparently, according to, if you believe the government's own report, there are spies running around the countryside uh, offering cash for information. Now, somehow, our brilliant intelligent agencies couldn't arrest the spies, but they arrested the businessman who was uh, tied into this. Now, it all sounds a bit wishy-washy, doesn't it, uh, Dean? Yeah. You're probably getting that vibe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a bit of a wild goose chase. Maybe it's a, a witch hunt, because it's the first time that uh, a bloke has been charged with such offences. Now, we know that uh, the agencies received billions of dollars and they've rushed through this legislation, uh, some of the strictest and most ambiguous legislation in the world. When I say ambiguous, it's because it's very broad and it's really a matter of discretion whether the government, the Attorney General, uh, the Federal Police want to charge you with these foreign interference, foreign inter uh, influence offences. Really, they can charge almost anybody because the law doesn't differentiate between a Chinese contact or an American contact, a British contact, a New Zealand contact, yes. However, it's it's in the terms of discretion interpretation, you would never open the news and read a headline that uh, somebody, a lobbyist in Canberra, has been arrested after receiving a kickback or a cash envelope from an American uh, agent or an Israeli agent or a American military uh, defense contractor company you would never ever read about that in the news and yeah. let me ask you dean do you think that goes on do you think in canberra in the hallways of parliament house there could be uh foreign actors for example from the united states from the british from the israelis that are doing their job so to speak and lobbying their interests just question yes or no what do you think mate i'll go you one better you know sam dastiari immediately comes to mind uh, you know, ex-Labor Party MP, and uh, there he was, uh, apparently, possibly tipping off Chinese nationals that their phones were being tapped. And of course, other things. I remember they invited him to fill in on a program on Triple M, uh, where Luke Boner ha had a night off doing some talkback. And I rang in, I said who I was at the time, working at, you know, former uh, national radio network, and I wanted to have a bit of a chat with him. The producer wouldn't put me through, so I rang, rang back as Dan, and I gave him what for, and I told him everything that I thought. It's But what hit me, Simeon, was how, how much of the Australian public who were listening to Sam at the time had absolutely no idea what he had done, and only the fact that I'd rang up into his program and just ransacked him and... Uh, told everyone what, what, what he was doing. I, the, Australia doesn't seem to care. Most of the people don't seem to care. We've got a whole bunch of infiltrators, white ants. Uh, some are pro-China. Uh, they could be pro-many countries. You can see the bias. It's very obvious, very anti-Hamas, uh, you know, at government levels. It's very anti-Ukraine at government levels. Mate, the white ants sorry, are yeah, in there. Pro-Ukraine, pro you, you should say. Oh, sorry, sorry. Pro-Ukraine, anti-Russia. Yeah, anti-Russia. It's just really, really obvious. That's that's the whole thing. The, the foreign interference, foreign in, uh, influence approach in this country is very selective, yeah. right? If it's a man dressed in a suit, you know, uh, called Uncle Sam, and he's offering money or he's offering uh, some type of interactions through the intelligence, uh, foreign interference, foreign influence style approach, 
And then it's almost like it's normal. Well, they're Americans, they're our allies. So how can that be illegal, right? But that's no, that's wrong. There should not be any differentiation. If we're Australia, we're a sovereign independent country, we should view all foreign interference and foreign influence as foreign interference and foreign influence. Not, oh, well, British is okay, Americans okay, New Zealand is okay, AUKUS is okay because they're sort of our mates and they speak English. No, they're still foreigners and that's still yeah. a foreign government. Yeah. And our Prime Minister, Albanese, our Defence Minister, Richard Miles, and our Foreign Minister, Penny Wong, are completely under the thumb of the Americans. Let's just face it, right? And if they want to talk about foreign influence, rather than arrest some poor businessman from Bondi who allegedly travelled to China then came back and, and met some people in Australia and forwarded them some documents about iron ore and lithium mining, I mean, they've charged this poor bloke as a scapegoat because they've, they've come up with these laws. You've got to charge somebody. Where's the foreign interference? Where's the foreign influence? Don't forget, after the referendum, the no vote referendum, uh, the uh, boss of Asia, Mike Burgess, actually addressed the general public and told journalists to back off and said, no, there was no foreign interference detected in the referendum process. We all remember those articles, the Daily Mail, the Daily Telegraph, the Sydney Morning Herald, the, the Age, Sharon Gross, that outrageous interview she did with me, uh, where they were alleging or trying to scoop up a story or scratch the surface to uncover this you know, supposed plot of foreign interference or you know, a Russian or a Chinese or a foreign government attempt to skew the result of the referendum. The media were happy to uh, put that story forward. And of course, that story had no truth to it. And I'm sure our Australian intelligence agencies under the direction of Mike Burgess have enough resources, uh, have enough capabilities to figure out what's foreign interference and what's not. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I was very pleased when I read uh, that headline from the ASIO boss, Mike Burgess, because in effect, it sort of exonerated me. I mean, who else were they talking about when they said yeah. Yeah. Russian foreign interference into the election, it's uh, the referendum causing yeah. the no vote to win? But do you remember yeah. uh, Peter Dutton? You remember all those stooges in the Liberal Party actually telling uh, James Patterson, the senator, actually telling people don't go to the no vote rallies, don't go to them. <laughs> I do. Vote no, but don't go to the rallies because and, and, they're and, pro Kremlin. And, and Simeon, of course, made a bigger badge of honour you could not wear than to take to take credit for what they accused you of, which is to have pulled off the no vote. And you had a massive part to do with that um, Hyde Park rally. I think it's terrific. We've got to go to a commercial break, but we'll be back after that with the Aussie Cossack. Everyone stay tuned. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, 
and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more, so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And you should be talking about it. You should be telling all of your friends about TNT Radio. Use it or lose it. The truth is rare, but it is out there. It's right here at TNT Radio, and we'd love you to do that. I'm talking with the Aussie Cossack, but just a couple of comments from the online chat. we got Chris, who is saying, yeah, I was at the Hyde Park rally. Indeed, he was. Ivan, g'day. That comment of yours, like, I absolutely agree. You know I'm not going to read that out on air, but something to do with gold digging, I can read that part of it out, and I couldn't agree more. And the, the burden of proof should be on anybody who is intent on destroying the life and the career and the reputation of, of anybody, I would imagine. Back to our good friend, the Aussie Cossack. Hey, mate. Well, that, mate, that story uh, that is now hitting headlines about the foreign interference, uh, it was triggered by Alexander Sergo, this uh, uh, suspected, uh, well, what is he? When you're a foreign interference person, what are you, a spy? You're a collaborator? You're involved in what? That's probably what he's suspected yeah, of. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that's what we uh, or we shouldn't call him because honestly i think he's on the side of innocence well he's been writing from prison he's in parkley jail in sydney and he maintains from his prison cell that investigators have found no evidence and the fallout from this case will actually embarrass australia that's pretty bold to be writing from it's a prison true. cell mate it, 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 that means he's got balls or he's very confident of his <laughs> innocence yeah and i mean it, it'll be interesting if this case does uh actually come back as a boomerang and hit the uh prosecution in the face when there's no evidence of foreign interference you know like mike burgess from asia said australians are allowed to be involved in disseminating uh information or even disinformation there's nothing yeah. illegal about an Absolutely. australian having his opinion right and having your opinion or having your contacts and doing whatever you like in business or even perhaps you could call it commercial espionage, right? If you're involved in business and you want to find out what your competitor is doing, you know, you own a concrete business and you want to find out what the uh, contractor down the road is charging and you send a bloke with a, a case of beer onto the building site and you say, oh, you know, have a chat with him and find out what his rates are. That would be commercial espionage, right? And that's what's wrong with that. It happens every day on building it does. sites. It happens every day, everywhere, all over the country. Now, this bloke here, this uh, uh, Sergo Alexander, uh, he was uh, charged uh, with one reckless count of foreign interference. But apparently, he uh, was approached by two Chinese nationals through social media, and they were pretending to be from a think tank. And now, he provided reports on subjects including lithium mining, German politics, and Australia's military alliance to the United States, and was paid four thousand three hundred Australian dollars for each. Uh, he. In that regard, I don't think even by uh, the police account, even by the allegations that have been made available to the media, it doesn't actually seem as though he's actually provided any sort of state secrets or anything 
outrageous. I mean, if you're talking about mining and lithium mining and the relationship with AUKUS, I mean, all you got to do is use open source information. <laughs> yeah, mate, and it just sounds like normal business every day, but it's beyond that. It is, it's not just criminal uh, uh, conduct on behalf of the government that are going after these people. It is beyond hypocrisy. It is hypocrisy on steroids because we see so much of it with the, the whole, you know, the whole Belt and Road projects and whatever else. Is that not the whole thing on a much greater scale? Well, if you look at this uh, gentleman, Sergo, who's now in prison and what they're accusing him of, and then you have a look at what the Australian government's involved in, how embarrassing was it when a few months ago we learned that uh, 680 uh, surveillance cameras in government offices in Canberra were actually linked back to China, providing audio wow. and video of what was going on inside Australian offices in and around Parliament House and uh, various government ministries. And embarrassingly, uh, the government scrambled uh, to remove them. And it was a Labor government who removed them and said, well, it wasn't us who installed them. It was the Liberals who installed them. Blame them. <laughs> what a disgrace. Yeah. They've got and I, I love how they do that without taking any blame and saying, well, we should have taken over, had our own IT guys check that everything was kosher. And they didn't do that. And they're, they're passing the buck, just like they're doing in America, and blaming Donald Trump, who's been out of office for years now, and blaming everything that Biden's done on Trump. But it seems to be a global puppet show that's going on here. And it is beyond horrific. And I'm I'm over it. I think all the smart thinking people in Australia are awake up to it. It's only those other unawoken uh, people. And I think they're on the border of waking up after the last three years, thanks to people such as yourself, uh, bringing all of the nonsense to their attention. Well, at the end of the day, it's easy for us to do our job because all we have to do is tell the truth. <laughs> you know, And that's what makes yeah. it quite easy because you don't have to Look over your shoulder and think back and say, "What did I say last time?" You Do don't I have, have to, to remember to the your narrative. Lies. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, the mainstream media, the government uh, narrative—it's uh, constantly lying. It's constantly changing. It's constantly adapting, and that's why it's very difficult to be in their position. That's why people are leaving the police force on mass. That's why people, uh, are ma uh, mainstream media journalists, are being disorientated and leaving and resigning, even though they're being offered huge money. Uh, they're not staying in the game because they've been complicit in this uh, scam against the Australian people. But to just finish with this uh, gentleman who's in prison. And, and, Sergo, me, just yes. before you go on, what I want to say, you're right about the people that are leaving, but the people who are leaving are the most intelligent and the most intuitive people. So we're losing the best people, the people who keep the others honest. We're, they're the ones we're losing. So it's just going to be open slather for those who remain to do as they will or to succumb to whatever narrative is being spun at any given time. Well, mate, we know someone very close to both of us who uh, was previously on their side and now has switched to our side, has come back to the force, you know, to the light. <laughs> and dark he's, side. Been, he's been rehabilitated onto the side of the people and he's a, he's, he's, he's a good radio broadcaster and we're very happy to have him with us. And uh, there's a message to everyone listening. You know, if it's never too late to admit that you were tricked by the government and even if you were part of the whole scam, it's never too late to uh, put your hand up and say, look, I was also a victim. Those and, broadcasters. And, and, and those... let's face it, the only person who, who I've heard of high profile who has admitted to being duped is someone that works here. And I think that is terrific. I think, you know, because it takes a lot to come out and say that. But you've got other people, and I'll be quick because I, I know we need to get to a break, but uh, like such as Dr. Karen Phelps, who not only was duped, who not only subsequently duped everyone who trusted her based on her medical and her high-profile media credentials. But after she and her partner were deeply, physically, and probably forever damaged by what happened with the, the vaccines, there they are still pushing the narrative. Some people will never learn, and I just don't understand why. Simeon Boykov, the Aussie Cossack, you are a champion, my friend, and I look forward to our, our next chat well, tomorrow, I, I do believe.
looking forward to it uh, until then uh, signing out thank you thank you mate everyone tnt radio and now tnt tv spread the word we're loving it we're enjoying doing it and we certainly appreciate your company we'll be back right after this break with jeremy beck craig uh, kelly a bit later on too check this out news talk radio tnt radio news matt boyland here with a look at your tnt headlines one of the most influential state secretaries in american history henry kissinger has died at the age of 100. Another 16 hostages were freed from Gaza on Wednesday in exchange for another 30 Palestinians freed from Israeli prisons. Elon Musk has delivered a parting message to advertisers boycotting his social media site. And less than two years after first launching, TNT Radio is celebrating its 10 millionth podcast download. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7 365 we never stop sifting fact from fiction misinformation from the truth from government overreach to the latest on mandates big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad listen to tnt radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go ask alexa or google to play tnt radio or download the tnt radio app for free from the app store or google play today's news talk this is tnt radio I feel immensely blessed, like my Christmas present has come early because this afternoon all of my guests are personal friends of mine, people I look up to, people who I respect immensely. And one of the things that I missed about TNT towards the end of before I left last time, which was just a brief intermission, if you will, was talking every day to my next guest, Jeremy Beck, uh, who is uh, our news. He, he's got a lot to do with the Chris Smith show. He was a producer on my show as well. He's a tremendous truth seeker and teller, and we've got him on right now. G'day, Jeremy. How are you going? G'day, Dean. Yeah, great to be on your show again. Uh, you know, it's a great to have you as a friend, and this is an amazing time in history, isn't it? Mate, it is, and uh, hopefully it ends well, and it's only going to end well if people such as yourself get out there and we do our due diligence and wake people up. And uh, people are starting to wake up, some of it vicariously, some they take a bit of a nudge, and some people, of course, Dr. Karen Phelps, will never learn no matter what. What are you going to do? I mean, seriously, you drink your own Kool-Aid and something bad happens. It's like the Jonestown thing, Mark Two. It's just crazy. Absolutely. Uh yeah, Karen Phelps, it's just so hard to believe when you and your partner have been so badly injured and you still don't want to go and admit that this whole thing was a scam. Uh, we have to stop the jabs now. Speak out. Why not? It, it just makes no sense. It doesn't. But, I mean, I w wouldn't you take it personally? If you, I mean, it's, it's one thing if you do damage to yourself, you can blame yourself, you know, you know, oh, it was my mistake. But if you do damage to a family member, um, don't even start me on kids, I'll, I'll tear up, I'll literally tear up. But, uh, you know, to your partner, for example, because you convinced them, you know, I'm a professional and you should do this because I'm going to do this. And then you're both forever damaged. Every day you are reminded of your mistake. And then to go and proliferate that mistake after you know more than well that not only were you duped, you were harmed. And possibly based on the evidence that we've had on interviews on this program and your program, uh, you know, uh, Chris Smith program that you produced for, um, we know that we could be forever changed at our core level. And God knows what this is going to do to us, to those of childbearing age, to their offspring long term. I, I've, I, I used to not 
voice this and I will now and I probably have at least once on my own program but I'm really worried about what's going to happen when the children who are being born now of the vaccinated especially where it's on both sides of the parents I'm very worried about their ability to produce any or at least healthy children in 15 or 16 years when they come of age I am absolutely mortified by that and I'll go out there I haven't heard anybody else make that claim I just um I just can't understand the disproportionate push for this there is a massive depopulation agenda I'll come straight out and say it I believe it I feel it in my gut and my gut has never ever once let me down I've let myself down and second guess myself a couple of times and every single time that gut that instinct that we're born with that we used to call common sense that we trusted now it's being beaten out of us and uh thank God everybody listening would probably be putting their hands up because they're some of the few people who still possess that gift which is now as rare as you could imagine it went out with uh sideburns and flared pants in the 60s it would seem it's rather frightening yeah absolutely Dean look uh I think this is a good time to start talking about past mistakes because now there's still a lot of people who just don't want to admit that this whole mRNA experiment was a, a bad experiment gone badly wrong. And, and that's that's to say the least. I, I could say a lot more about that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and I do agree with you on the population. I, I think for sure that there is definitely an agenda to depopulate planet Earth. There is an oligarchy who have had this intent for a long time. This is This goes back to even hundreds of years ago, if you go back to Thomas Malthus, who 200 years ago was saying, uh, you know, we've got too many people. There's a billion people back then in the year 1798. Uh, but uh, they thought that they these oligarchs, they're, they're here to rule planet Earth. Uh, but now going further uh, forward, uh, 1950s, 1960s, uh, we had thalidomide. Uh, and oh, yeah. finally, Finally, the Australian government and the Australian parliament has issued an overdue apology to the thalidomide survivors, their families, uh, and this just happened yesterday. Hey, but uh, Jeremy, it, I'm just checking my watch. It's only 50 years late. It's only 50 <laughs> years late. Hey, that's cool. You know? Yeah, it, it's so sad, isn't it? And and I, I'm just wondering how long will it take for this experiment with the mRNA jabs, and not just the mRNA, it's the the AstraZeneca, all these experiments that have gone very badly wrong. Uh, now, this thalidomide, I mean, we're, we're talking many, many thousands of people who, who were deformed. Uh, yeah, this is just so sick what happened. Uh, and at the time, they, they were saying, oh, this this is fine, this is safe. And anyone who, who dared say, oh, well, there, there's some risks here with thalidomide. Oh, no, no, don't worry about that. Uh, and now it's all coming out. But See, that must... sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Imagine <laughs> being the whistleblower, and we'll we'll talk about him in a second. Um, and uh, Dr. McBride. Yes, I was coming to him. Yeah, those who were who attacked him. It's very much like those who attacked Professor Thomas Brody. You know, Associate Professor Pierre Corey, all the ones who came out, the so-called professionals who attacked them, mate. And they went after these guys. I mean, here were these babies being born without limbs and worse, and. He is a champion. He is a hero. He is a name embedded in, in our memories, you and I, that we can forever mention as the ultimate whistleblower and that ultimately you will be perceived as a legend, as somebody, as yeah. a, a prophet, as a truth, uh, you know, teller. But mate, the stuff that he had to go through was horrific, absolutely horrific. 
Mm, yes, well, you're talking uh, William McBride, who's, by the way, the father of David McBride, who has a TNT radio show, which uh, I'm sure many of I our know listeners that. know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. There yeah, you yeah. Go. Uh, and William McBride, uh, he was an obstetrician, and he alerted the world to the dangers. And look, women were given this uh, thalidomide for anxiety, morning sickness, insomnia, all these things. And, and they, they just took it on good faith that uh, it was, you know, a drug that was safe and effective. Uh, now, it harmed. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, it, I mean, well, the, the irony is off the charts. It, it is ironic. It? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, as you say, I mean, the babies had shortened limbs, blindness, deafness, malformed organs, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, it's just horrific what happened. And now, finally, the Australian government apologises. They say this apology takes uh, one of the darkest chapters in Australia's medical history. Well, they're not wrong there. Uh, expected mothers, through no fault of their own, were exposed to a drug with devastating effects that were realised too late. That's the government's own words. Well, uh, how about realising now that we have a major disaster, the excess death rates prove that just alone. Yeah. And it's something that we should talk about because some people equate something that is mild, such as morning sickness, for example. Well, it's a mild condition. Therefore, any medication I'm taking should also have mild, if any, side effects. And that is not the case. Any new drug could do absolutely anything to us. If something hasn't been on the market for, I would suggest, and this might even be a bit shy of what I really should say, 10 years, one decade, I think you should uh, just not succumb to it. Let let other people take it if they want to. And especially when it's something minor, like the flu, which is all COVID ever was, something like morning sickness, just tough it out because you don't know what's going to happen if you take these new products and it's just not worth the risk. And, you know, there's Dr. McBride, proved that, Five decades ago, uh, we've just had another reintroduction to it. And as uh, Chris just said in the chat, they're ramping things up there. It's disproportionate at the moment. So um, we really need to be on the lookout. And they don't care who you are. They don't care if you're a woman or a child. Uh, they're going after the kids. And again, I really don't think it's it's ignorance. I, I, I tend to think it's a bit more insidious than that. And again, I've only got my gut to tell me that, but uh, I've trusted it. And I, I don't think it's going to let any of you who uh, also trust your guts, I don't think it's going to let you down ever. Yeah, that's right. And as I said before, there is a depopulation agenda. Now, that doesn't mean all people are in on that. You know, it doesn't mean it's one big conspiracy no. where there's a, a total control of it all. It's it's about ideology. It's about all sorts of interests. There's financial interests. Some people don't even understand that they're playing a part in this big game. Uh, they're just a useful tool to hire powers, but they end up providing useful services uh, to achieve that end goal by this oligarchy who've for centuries been wanting to dominate planet Earth. They don't want sovereign nation states. They don't want us to think for them ourselves. They want us to be just sheep. And yep. many people, unfortunately, have behaved like sheep. And the worst part is, Jeremy, that, I mean, I could not have imagined. In fact, I thought our country was immune to this. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, I saw what was happening already in the UK. And, uh, and I said, thank God. And I, and I honestly believed, I thought we're smarter than that, even though we're of the same genetic stock, if you will, for the most part, uh, as that country. I just thought maybe it was our culture that made us a little bit less trusting of society, that we were not going to succumb. And we have succumbed since I would suggest 
1999, 2000, to far much more. And certainly the last three years have proven us to be far more tolerant than we should ever have been, certainly more than most nations, of lies, of mandates, of things that I thought we'd all just say, get stuffed. We're not doing that. And um, I and you are proud to have been those who did give the middle digit, the bird, to uh, those in power. I remember driving up to watch uh, State of Origin during a lockdown. Bugger that. And I'll say it publicly, I don't care. Um, I wasn't going to, you know, uh, miss out on a game for a hoax. And I was quite happy to do it, mate. And that's what you do. If enough people just don't listen, get on with common sense and get about their lives, then, mate, I think we're, we're going to do pretty darn well. Absolutely. And and the message is getting on more and more. Uh, today, very special day for TNT Radio. We've had 10 million yeah. downloads, wow. which, yeah. which is incredible. That shows that the truth is getting out there. You know, people realise that the mainstream media, their history, they've lost all credibility. More and more people are turning to alternative sources. And here at TNT Radio, of course, I mean, we we look at, and, and it's what I do nonstop, we look at all sorts of sources and compile all the best of that and then package it up so that it makes it entertaining for you. At the same time, it's informative uh, because you look at the end of the day, how are people going to know and get their news from a reliable source, uh, you know, it's just such a complex world right now. There's so much conflicting news, conflicting opinions, even on social media. And I find social media very useful. Even on social media, there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of lies in mainstream news. How, how do you trust? How do you know what's the truth? But of course, the the internet, uh, Twitter now that it's freed up somewhat, and we'll talk about Elon Musk pretty shortly, uh, Twitter now that it's freed up to some degree, not not as good as it should be, but to some degree, a lot of truth is getting out there. Yep, absolutely. I don't know if we're going to get a hold of Craig Kelly. I think he's lost in the traffic, so uh, I'll just find out. Oh no, they've they've got Craig. So mate, what we'll do? We had six. We had a whole bunch of things we we're going to talk about, but we're already out of time. So <laughs> Jeremy, mate, we'll continue this, mate, because we that just that one subject it really did bear a lot of scrutiny, and hopefully we've shed a bit of light on that. And I know that many of the people listening right now are nodding their heads and and uh, agreeing along. But we, there are lessons to be learned. Just one thing on that ten million views. A, it's tremendous. It is beyond tremendous. But to all of those listening, I have to say, if you just ring one friend who you know would be interested in the content that Jeremy and I and everyone else here at TNT are providing at the moment. If you just ring one friend and get them on the hook, um, then they do the same. You know, well, that'll be a hundred million. That'll be a billion before you know it. And it doesn't take much effort, but it will take effort on your part. We're being shadow banned and blocked on all the social media, and it's only going to succeed without you. And not just because you should, but it's a massive that to the establishment, and that in itself makes it worthwhile to ring a friend and say you should listen to TNT. Jeremy Beck, you're a legend. Mate, I very much appreciate you coming on the program, and we'll do it again real, real soon. Thanks, Dean. Good to be Thank with you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. we got Craig Kelly on the line. We're going to be chatting with him right after this break. You're watching or listening to TNT Radio right back after this. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't like picking on the company I used to work for. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people I forecasted with there, and that was at AccuWeather. And in the old days, AccuWeather was like playing for the New York Yankees of weather. It was just unbelievable. It was like the world's greatest forecasters under one roof in State College, Pennsylvania. But something has turned around over the past 10, 15 years. I think it started with the weather channel first, and now AccuWeather is all in on anything that has to do with global warming. Now, there's a recent 
blog that they put out, and the headline is, NOAA reports declining snowpack means worldwide food disruptions. This is the headline from NOAA. It's a UPI article. Naturally, AccuWeather is more than happy to promote this. In fact, all the media is more than happy to promote this. There's just one problem. It's not true. Food production globally has been going up. In addition, we can cherry pick the snow cover. For instance, in the autumn, the northern hemisphere, where most of the land is, snow cover is going up. In the winter, it's going up. It is true in the spring, it's declining. Which, now let me get this straight. If there's less snow on the ground in the spring, don't you have a chance to raise more crops? And when you actually look at what food production's doing, it's steadily increasing every continent across the globe. Yet what does the headline say? And I can't blame, let's say, the Weather Channel or AccuWeather or whoever wants to just parrot this for the actual article. What I can say is, why don't you research it? Why don't you look and say, well, wait a minute, the food production is going up, the snow is going up. And a little bit of intuition here. Again, if spring is coming a bit earlier, isn't that good for growing food? This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Even the thought of dementia can feel scary. It's why we put off getting help, even though we've noticed changes in our thinking or memory. But an early diagnosis can change everything, giving you medical help and a support system around you to help you live better. Start with Dementia Australia's online checklist. Because the sooner you know, the more you can do. Telling it as it is. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, I'm with Craig Kelly, former Liberal Party MP and current UAP National Director, who, like me, every time I go to Sydney, has had a hell of a time in the traffic. Hey, mate, how are you going after surviving? Hey, mate, great, great to be with you, Dean. You're battling the, sorry, it's a bit later, battling the Sydney traffic here. It honestly, it's just a, it's just a nightmare. It really is. You know, there's block, block just everywhere sort of thing. So, um, you know, I can see why many people are trying to get out of the place. Oh, I, I mate, absolutely. The one thing I will, and it's very seldom that I, I give a rap to to the, you know, the, the, the government, but some of those tunnels, despite the fact that we're paying an arm and a leg to use them, they really mm. have eased the burden and some of them are terrific. I mean, the one that goes from out near Silverwater and comes out around under Newtown Tempe and brings you out at St Peter's, I think it's absolutely brilliant if you don't mind yeah, paying. That's, uh, there is one proviso that this, you don't use it in, in the peak hour sort of thing. No. Oh, is it so, bad? I've never used it in peak yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, look, it's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Don't try and uh, – it, look, it's off peak. It, it is, you're right, it is fantastic. But uh, in peak hour, you know, if you're trying to get to and from work at, at normal working hours, it, it really is a nightmare. Mate, and let's just talk about this. I know it's not what we were going to talk about, but, I mean, uh, after that conversation, we have to mention it. I mean, I used to be mortified, horrified beyond belief that we were bringing out 200,000 people here a year, pushing up the price of housing, um, you know, inflation possibly uh, being a part of that. And quite simply, that was when we did have some places for them to go. Um, but now there's nowhere for them to go, and we're hearing mortifying numbers, 400,000, 500,000. It, it's like some sort of attack on, on our kids, um, the Australia that they're going to grow up in. And it's not racist. It's not anything. I don't care where they're coming from. It is simply anybody coming from anywhere and the numbers are unsustainable. They're unrealistic. And other than us being punished, I can't imagine why anybody would want that to happen. I really can't. Well, well firstly, 
I, I somehow I must have missed it because I was busy. I don't remember Mr. Albanese saying before the last election, "I'm going to bring in 1.2 million new people into this country during my term of government." I don't know whether I missed it or whether you heard it or something. You know, that was it was just dead silent on that. Now the but reason it, that the sorry the, the, the reason the Labor Party are doing this it is a Ponzi scheme to keep keep economic growth afloat. Yep. Because we are going backwards, as it is a per capita, if you look at you know, GDP per capita, we are going backwards. So the only way the Albanese government can keep increasing things is having these record levels of migration. It, it is a Ponzi scheme that will eventually collapse. Um, and, and the social costs that it is done, okay, you don't measure you don't measure in your GDP levels if someone's got to spend an extra uh, you know, 40 minutes every day getting to and from uh, their home. That doesn't show up in your GDP numbers. Uh, it doesn't show up in your GDP numbers if a whole generation of young Australians have had to have basically given up, given up the opportunity of owning their own home. Now, the, the great Australian dream has been killed off finally by the Albanese government, the dream that you can own your own, own house you know, somewhere in Sydney or Melbourne or the major capital cities. We're looking at an average house price somewhere in Sydney, like a median house price, like $1.6 million. How does, how does a young couple starting out uh, that doesn't have some benefit of uh, inheritance from, from a grandparent or some uh, substantial assistance from a, um, yeah. a, a parent, how do they go about actually owning their own house? They don't. Now, this is the World Economic Forum's plan. They, they don't want you to own places. You, know? you own nothing and you'll be happy, and that's the plan. <laughs> And, yeah. ta- and it, it is it is the destruction we are watching before our eyes, the destruction of the great Australian dream, where the average Australian has the opportunity to own their own little piece of this country, and that changes the social structure of this nation so much. It, it, it is just so detrimental to our nation. And then you got the problems of how it's pushing up inflation. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it, it, it's pushing inflation up. You bring all these people in. You don't increase the supply. Uh, of, of land, it pushes inflation up, it pushes rents up, and then the Reserve Bank goes, oh, you know, you know what else? We've got to increase interest rates. So, so yeah. you've got people being slugged all over the place. Is any wonder you've got, I think it's uh, real wages have declined 5% under Albanese, the worst in the world? And the only reason you try and keep the show together is these record levels of migration. It, it really is, it's a betrayal of every working class Australian of everyone that voted for the Labor Party at this, this next election, and it's creating such a mess that it'll be very difficult for any future government to clean up. And, Craig, I've, I've got to say this, and as UAP National Director, I mean, it, it's immediately going to be uh, pretty much about you, and, and let's face it, people like Pauline Hanson as well, because um, she's a lot of followers, and the simple fact is this is the biggest thing that we should be worried about. It is a Ponzi scheme. It is going to co- collapse the economy at some point. That is guaranteed. I would much rather it have it had happened before so we could learn from, rebuild and have a better model moving forward. The simple fact is it's our kids and our grandkids that are going to have to pay for this and it's uh, damage that is going to be irreversible. Mm. And I think we have to, as people, as people take a bit of the blame for this because we've been a little bit too quiet. We've certainly made the wrong choices at the ballot box. There you are, UAP. There you are, Pauline Hanson's One Nation. You're giving people an option to stop this nonsense. Uh, you know, people over, you know, the Dutch, they've just woken up. They've said to get, get Wilders that, you know, we've had enough. You're going to stop this one thing. And you, there might be 20 things that we disagree with Git about. 
The simple fact mm. is there is one thing we have to stop now. We can relax. We can take some time to sort these other issues out. These other issues are irreversible and will do long-term harm to the economy and possibly to our way of life and and uh, safety even possibly of, of our offspring. We don't know uh, what that brings with it. The simple fact is they didn't ask us. It's our country. And the simple fact is we have a one in 26 million share of this country. Now, if I am a one in, one in whatever number shareholder in any kind of uh, investment, I'm not just going to give shares of that away to somebody else. You know, you know, we're not even selling them. We're giving them away. Sure. It's a negative, and I can't believe that people to this day are still only voting, you know, 4% or 5% for UAP or 5% for One Nation. 10% of this whole Australian public has seemed to have woken up. They're more worried about getting these cash handouts and how they're going to be affected from week to week. Don't give a stuff about their grandkids and what they will be subjected to in 20 years or 30 years because they're so bloody um, greedy right now. And it makes me sick. It makes me angry. And it's that handout brigade who I think are pretty much the, the blame. And of course, you're bringing in people who are going to continue to vote for the Labor party um and uh in great numbers there's 1.2 million people you can almost guaranteed are going to vote for them at the next election yeah look it is it, it is a real mess and i said but there was no debate about this before the last election and we tried to raise this at the united australia party we set forward an extensive policy we saw what was coming down the track we knew both the major parties had these high levels of migration uh planned we said, look, this is, first you said, this is nonsense. Secondly, we said, we can't let the RBA increase interest rates on existing mortgages. That was the case we argued, and everyone misinterpreted that, that, you know, we were interfering in the market. Well, what do you think the RBA is? Yes. The RBA is a creation of government, right, who they've subcontracted out manipulating interest rates. So we said, you can't be whacking existing homeowners and putting up, that's not the way to stop inflation. We also put forward an extensive plan of reinvigorating our regional areas of this country. If we're going to give young Australians the opportunity to own their own piece of this country, it, unfortunately, it, it can't be done in the city unless you want to sell tiny boxes in the air like chicken coops, you know, along major arteries sort of thing, and everyone lives like they do in China, Shenzhen province. If that's what you want, then you own part of Australia. We've got these broad lands. You, you know, you drive... You drive drive to Canberra. You see, open land all the way. Like, we've got to decentralise this, this country. Yeah. We had a plan to do that, a regional taxation plan. Why should someone uh, in the country that doesn't have the accesses to the hospitals and the roads and the sporting stadiums and the easy access to the air, international airports, why should they be paying the same rate of tax as someone that has all those services in the city? So we put forward a proposal of regional taxation. And, you know, these were all debates that we should have been having. Uh, but instead, we just had, you know, um, just unfortunately, we couldn't get these debates anywhere near uh, the front pages of the paper during the election campaign. And now we look back and everything we said, every policy we had, nothing didn't just say we were right. Hey, there must be people kicking themselves looking at this and George's statement saying that they're paying 8%. Some of people are paying 8%. That's what it says on on mine. I only owe 50000 on one property. That's all I, all I owe anymore. Yeah. And that has gone from a payment that I didn't even recognise to something that, you know, is quite notable. It's literally basically doubled. And to those who owe 500000 let alone $1.5 million, that is beyond horrific. I think that they are hanging on, you know, absolutely just hanging on. I think we're going to see the market just drop out soon. They can't hang on any longer. One more quarter of a percent rise, and I think they're done. Uh, mate, we've only got about 30 seconds, but uh, if you want to sum it up, I'd love it if you would. No, look, uh, this this immigration issue is the biggest issue facing our nation. It was something Albanese never discussed uh, before the last election. Uh, it is 
doing so much damage to the country in so many ways, the social fabric of our nation, the, the destruction of the great Australian dream, that's driving up inflation, causing hardship to everyone. It, it really is, is just, as I said, it's a betrayal of the nation. It's especially a betrayal of those working class Australians that have voted Labor all their life. It is, mate. The worst part is you've got people such as yourself, Clive Palmer and co, there to help people. And unfortunately, they don't even seem to know that they need help. Let's hope they wake up and soon. Craig Kelly, National Director of the Australia, United Australia Party, I thank you for your time, mate, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dean. Great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, okay, everyone, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Lembert Opie coming up after this.